0: Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist, and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows.
2: The Black Information Network and six-time Emmy-nominated news anchor, Vanessa Tyler, welcome you to Blackland.
1: A podcast about the ground on which the Black community stands right now.
2: From stories about salvation. And loss.
1: I loved a person who had an HIV diagnosis.
2: To dreams achieved.
1: Or yet unfulfilled.
2: From people who have made it. I sat down with a therapist and I began my journey.
1: To those left behind.
2: Listen to Blackland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts
3: here at the black information network we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized engaged and enlightened there are always major stories that break over the weekend and we feel you should know about the ones we are talking about today so stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring BIN news brand anchor Mimi Brown this is the black information network daily podcast and I'm your host Ramses Ja. All right, Mimi, welcome back to the show. How you been?
4: I've been great. Thank you for having me again. So much fun.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. We're about to have some fun today. We got a lot of news to talk about. So obviously, I know you've been paying attention to the goings on over this past weekend. Um, Let's start about a story. A lot of people have been talking about the black teenager that said that a white kid called him George Floyd during an attempted drowning. What are your thoughts on this one?
4: Yeah, you know, this story is very unfortunate. Um, and sadly, I think we may, you know, just continue to see this over a period of time. Mm. Um, it sounds like uh, a little a boy, a little black boy, I believe about 14 years old, thought he was playing with some friends. He considered them friends. Um, they rode their bike, went to a nearby pond. Um, they went into the pond and uh, the little boy, the little black boy, didn't have a vest, or he had a vest because he couldn't swim. Um, it seems like they they tried to drown him. They took the vest. They tried to drown him. Um, thank God there were some bystanders who jumped into action to help save this little man's life, and um, authorities were called. And it sounds like one of the teams so far is going to face some disciplinary actions, um, has some serious charges, I believe, attempted murder Against him at this time. Um, But, you know, we see these things and sometimes these things happen and there's no witnesses and and they turn out the other way. So I'm really happy that if this were to happen, that we have some people who jumped into action and there seems to be a positive outcome Mm -hmm. um, for this little man's life.
3: Sure, sure. Um I want to share a bit from the Atlanta Daily World and and remember you can find this in all of our stories up on dot but we work very well with the Atlanta Daily World. Um a bit from what they wrote on the situation um is a quote from the victim. Uh it said that Sharon who's the attacker uh uh held on to the life vest and pulled pulled the victim underwater and back up about four or five times. And while doing it, water got into my mouth and nose and I could not breathe. The victim said that's when the victim said the suspect and another teen started laughing and calling him George Floyd. In other words, him saying that he can't breathe prompted them to call him George Floyd. Uh, And then, you know, you mentioned that uh, he's being charged. uh, It's important to note he's being charged as a youthful offender. Um, His case will be open to the public and he's expected to go to court on September 13th, but I think that this gives us um, an idea of how far uh, what many on the right are calling CRT, how far it actually goes. Um, I think that this uh, makes a case for true American history education in schools um, there are certain things that just lie beyond the scope of what parents can successfully teach their children. Um, whereas when they go into an environment optimized for learning, where they're there, let's call it seven hours a day to learn, um, they can learn uh, about things like this and how things like this are wildly inappropriate. Um, imagine for a second if uh, they were calling someone Emmett Till. You know Emmett Till's association with the lake, obviously, is well documented. But um, that's not a thing that happens, partly because obviously that was um, a long time ago. But uh, I believe that when you educate people about the story and about the the backlash of what happened to Emmett Till and how that kind of was the gasoline on the civil rights movement, you know, you you appeal to people's sense of Abilities and people's capacity for empathy and the best place to learn about things like this is in school and so to me it just kind of stood out like these are kids it's horseplay but they don't hold that george floyd moment in any particular regard because they have not been taught about the peripheral optics and and just really the the cultural moment and the significance of that and perhaps not taught about other cultural moments and so This is kind of incorporated itself into their horseplay. And whereas this might've been just, you know, some bullying or some horseplay. Now it's, it's, uh, borderline hate crime. In fact, it might be a hate crime because of the George Floyd implications there. And who's to say these, these kids knew or didn't know what they were doing. But again, I think that this by itself does stand as an example of how, um, American history is really what it is, but what they're calling CRT uh, is beneficial to, to students at this age.
4: Right. And I would add there's, there's a few other publications that have implicated that um, these, these other kids were calling uh, this young black boy boy, and Mm. they were also calling him the N word. Mm. So it sounds to me, they knew exactly what they were doing um, when you bring that into it. Um, So I think that, you know for me i'll wait to see if the other i think there was 3 total if the other two who were there will also be charged and what that will look like because sure. it seems like um they were all in it to some sort of uh, capacity and, and 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 it's unfortunate and um you're right it does have to it does go back to CRT and learning and you know this could have gone down as another moment in history where you know someone else is talking about this 50 60 years later mm-hmm. and we don't have this young man's name now but when you liken it to Emmett Till you know uh we continue to uh, history continues to repeat itself if we don't learn from it and Thank learn you. what happened in those instances yeah
3: absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. um so let's talk about something that's a little bit more celebratory um, I'm sure you heard about Coco Golf, right?
4: Yes. Okay, so How talk to us about not? her. Listen, I am so excited about this story. You know, Coco Golf, um, that is a name that I think that no one uh can now deny. She, I mean, she's been marking her territory all over the tennis world for for a few years now, but you know, over the weekend she 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 won the um, Grand Slam title. Um, she beat out the number two player in the world. Um, she was the first, she's the youngest player to do it since Serena Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. Serena did it when she was 17 in 1999. And here we have Coco Golf at 19 now holding that title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 been amazing to watch her journey. And I don't know if you saw this. There was a video circulating over the weekend of an eight-year-old Coco Golf. Um, back in 2012, she was dancing in the stands. And, um, you know, she was just there with her parents watching the game at that time. And fast forward, what, 11 years later, she's now uh, the winner. So she went from uh, just just being in the stands now being handed a $3 million winner's check, you know, and so her father, she said, after she won, she dropped to her knees and she prayed and she said she just she thanked God and 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 she said that was the first time she had saw her father cry. Mm. So, you know, her father's been her trainer. Um, you know, her mother is an educator. She was she was homeschooled and her mother taught her. And so her parents have really, really put a lot of work into this and to see this this moment with their child and and the world. I'm sure this was like the best feeling ever. And it made so many of us so very proud.
3: Yeah yeah that makes me really happy. I I I've said it many times on the show I'm not a a big sports person. I don't follow sports at all, but this obviously is something that that caught my eye and we've been talking about her um on my radio show Civic Cipher. Um we we hailed her as our our weekly example of ebony excellence is what we call it um twice now um since her name has been making these headlines and so um to know that she's still progressing and still winning is very exciting. I want to share um, a word from a good friend of this program, uh, a- Amir A.R. Shaw, who wrote in the Atlanta Daily World, um, the following, it says, uh, Golf 19 defeated the number one player in the world, Ar- Arna, I believe that's how I say it, Sublenka. again, I'm not a sports person. Mm-hmm. But in dramatic fashion, after losing the first set, 6-2, Goff captured the second set, 6-3. During the third set, Goff took control of the match and defeated Selenka 6-2. In a post-match interview, Goff thanked the non believers quote, thank you to the people who didn't believe in me. She said, she goes on to say, I tried my best to do this with grace, but for those who thought you were putting water on my fire, you were really putting gas on it. And so I like the fact that she's owning her moment as well. Um, because as you, as you mentioned, she deserves it. And a lot of people can see that ebony excellence. And that's, I, we're never going to be mad at that around here. So I, I appreciate your insight and your sort of providing me an aperture into you know, uh, what this moment might feel like um, for someone who follows sports, I'm sure a lot more closely than I do. Um, and I'm just as excited as ever.
4: Yes, this is such a great moment. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I could go on about it, but it was just, it was just, you know, just seeing this. And and I think that, you know, all of us as, as, as uh, Black Americans have been following tennis just a little bit closer or paying attention to it just a little bit closer. We may, you know, we, because of Venus and Serena, we may, have seen it before. But now when we see someone who looks like us actually commanding attention on that court, you know, it's just a very, very proud feeling like this is your sister. This is your cousin. This is your person. And so um, congratulations to to Coco Goff again.
3: Tax day is coming. Oh, no.
2: The Black Information Network and six-time Emmy-nominated news anchor, Vanessa Tyler, welcome you to Blackland. A podcast
1: about the ground on which the Black community stands right now.
2: From stories about salvation.
1: And loss. They did not love themselves enough to know their HIV
2: status to not pass it on to me. To dreams achieved.
1: Or still yet unfulfilled.
2: From people who have made it.
1: We started a hospital-based violence intervention program called the IV Project, and it stands for Interrupting Violence in Youth and Young Adults. To those who have been left behind.
3: But no one talks about the survivors of the gun violence and the numbers rising because the gun violence has risen.
2: Politically, financially, emotionally,
1: spiritually.
2: This is where we are.
1: This is Blackland.
2: And one of the things that my father said to me before he passed away is like almost like a prophecy. He said that I would be helping men. Listen to Blackland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: B.I.N. News brand anchor Mimi Brown is here with us discussing this weekend's major stories. All right. uh, Kamala Harris, um, she made a pretty profound comment um, recently talking about hip hop, saying that it was the ultimate American art form. And obviously, this is a big deal um, to me in particular, but to us around here. So share with us a bit more about this one.
4: Yes. So over the weekend, the vice president of the United States Mm -hmm. held the first ever hip hop house party Mm -hmm. on her residence. I mean, when I tell you when I saw this, I was like, wow. I mean, it looked like a backyard boogie barbecue. They Mm. had Everything going on. I saw people with blankets on the lawn doing the electric slide. They were playing Frankie Beverly and Maze. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had, I believe it was Common, Little Wayne, um, MC Lights, Fat Joe, uh, D Nice was spinning. I mean, they had the who's who of um just help them celebrate 50 years of hip hop. And you know, um, you're right, she made a speech about it and uh, she grew up in Oakland she went to Howard University as like myself she's also a sore, uh Afra Kappa Alpha and um you know she just she gets it she gets it and I think for us to see ourselves celebrated like this uh 50 years of hip-hop at uh with a vice president uh just just goes to show how strong of a genre how amazing uh this type of music has spread and touched so many lives and continues to 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 go forward and, and cannot be denied no matter how how you how you slice it or dice it hip mm-hmm. hop is here to stay sure, you know sure. um and i love that her husband the second gentleman said that his nickname is is dougie fresh i just thought that was
3: <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah like i mentioned um you know for me in particular uh something i haven't shared with any real frequency on on this show is that Um, I am the younger brother of a notable MC. I certainly think that he's notable, but his name is uh, Raka or Ira Science. And he's from the group, uh, the hip hop group Dilated Peoples. And they kind of borrow from the um, the uh, Run DMC formula, two MCs and a DJ. Right. So Dilated Peoples, uh, underground band from Los Angeles. But, you know, they have. Songs with, you know, Kanye West and a lot of people, a lot of big names, but yeah. you know, they themselves have their own songs in their own right. And they're not like Jay Z level big, but globally they tour. They still tour right now, you know, well respected band. And so I grew up in a, in a household where my big brother was a fan of hip hop culture, MCing, breakdancing, uh, graffiti, uh, DJing, all of the, the elements of, of hip hop and, then obviously, when I was old enough to get a job, my first job was in radio, at the broadcasting uh, the hip-hop broadcast uh, powerhouse in my city. And I was a radio personality, and then I became a DJ myself. And so um, I'm always excited whenever someone is someone especially in that position, kind of a sheds a light on the culture, positive light, because yeah. God knows we get enough negative light, um, but also kind of validates it um, politically speaking because there's a lot of attacks on hip hop culture being bad for black people and the youth and that sort of stuff. But, you know, there's rarely the same sort of attention on action movies and, you know, other things like that. And that's not to say that some of the arguments are not based in reality because hip hop culture is certainly very influential. But um, again, it's, it's also nice when other people shine a light on the other on the positive you know the fact that it does bring people together it's it's a way to celebrate it's a way to extend the culture into the future um and it's uh it it kind of helps us in terms of our identity you know the same as the way you know dress and and language and you know uh faith and you know other things that help define a culture you know music is certainly you know one of the things in hip hop culture and music kind of permeates different facets of the culture in ways that you know, jazz music or um, I don't want to say jazz, but like a lot of different types of genres of music, you would never be able to look at a person and really tell what type of music they are into hip hop. It's very obvious, depending on how a person dresses, you know, what type of music they would listen to. And so that's a connection that I always thought was kind of special there. I do want to share some, um, some of what happened at the event before we move on. Um, And this comes from the Griot. Uh, Harris said hip hop is the ultimate American art form that shapes every aspect of America's popular culture. So that was what I was trying to say. Uh, She goes on to say that um, public enemy rapper Chuck D uh, once described rap as black America's CNN. And so that being reflected in her comments was um, was something that was very special, too, because it again, it provides some legitimacy and some credibility to hip hop as something beyond just. You know, club music or thug music mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it just, uh, it does give, um, it educates. Yeah. It educates. It lets people know what life is like. We were, I was listening to a, a Nas track recently from it might have been his second or third album, third album, I want to say. And, you know, in the spirit of, you know, Chuck D, there's, and, and, and in the spirit of what Chuck D was saying, um, it absolutely does give people who didn't grow up in that environment a lens into what it's like. So um a uh, very special note there um she also goes on to say that it has always channeled the voices of the people it tells stories that don't make the news uh, she said before joining her husband Doug Emhoff uh to to watch the music, musicians performances um and he went on to say this is a hip hop household mm-hmm. so that was kind of special too and then of course um she said hip hop culture is american culture uh, to the crowd. And so um, just a, a, a wonderful moment there. Um, congratulations to hip hop making it 50 years and still being as popular as ever. Because I know along the way, a lot of people said that it was going to be a fad. And those people have since may- maybe even died because of, you know, 50 years is a long time. So hip hop certainly outlasted their stories. And I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, before we uh, let you go, uh, I want to talk about this one. Because this one was a little bit funny. Uh uh, FSU canceled a race class and gender course ahead of their fall semester due to what they say is low enrollment. And for those that can't see, I have my air quotes. So, so, um, I know that, uh, you kind of had some thoughts on this, so let's, let's, let's hear them.
4: Yeah. You know, I'm with you on those, uh, those air quotes, low Mm -hmm. enrollment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we do know that, um, Governor Juan DeSantis, you uh, just recently passed a law, you know, limiting uh, what schools can teach in Florida. Mm-hmm. And so sure. um, for a class on uh, I, I don't know exactly what it was, a black history class or a black African-American studies class, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, for it to be canceled less than a week before school starts due to low enrollment and i was uh, i was reading in the the Tallahassee Democrat they were they were they had spoken to a few students mm-hmm. and one of the students said that they when they signed up for the class mm-hmm. it was almost full
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah.
4: so all of a sudden now for them to say well only two people signed up and so they had to cancel it they were a little you know uh, just questioning if that was the truth. And I think we all are uh, kind of questioning if that, is that the truth? Uh, it, it just, it doesn't sound right. Um, and I think it goes back to kind of like our first story, yeah. right? Like if we're not able to teach these things, even in college to at a college level, let alone kids, you know, how how, how are people going to get the information and the knowledge that they need?
3: Yeah, this, this, this uh, approach to education uh, absolutely reflects one type of person's reality better than everyone else. And that type of person is a straight uh, Christian white conservative male, um, which, you know, I believe Ron DeSantis checks all those boxes. Um, but it, it really centers that person's feelings and sensibilities. How should people be educated? How should uh, wh- what cho- sensibilities uh for children should be prioritized, which children should be prioritized and on and on and on. And, you know, we all pay the price for it. The thing about this story that kind of stood out to me, though, is kind of what feels to be like a deceptive implementation of Ron DeSantis's agenda. Now, I can't say for certain, neither of us can say for certain whether or not there was, in fact, low enrollment. We just have the students' word for it, and of course, the 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 university saying that there was low enrollment. The students say that it was the the class only had a few seats left when they educated or when they um, enrolled was the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's to say who's right? But um, you know, we've seen a lot of triggity tricks over the years as a people, and this feels like it might be. One of those. And with, you know, the, the Florida governor um, at the helm of this kind of anti-woke movement, um, it just kind of feels like, you know, another another, you know, stumbling block for us on our those of us who are kind of working to create a more equitable society for all of us. So um something to keep in mind, uh, you know, if you're trying to go to college in Florida, maybe go somewhere where people actually are allowed to be educated. So, yeah good for that. Um before we let you go, um we couldn't record today's episode without at least mentioning that today is the 22nd anniversary of the uh, 9/11 attacks and uh as ever, um you know, we uh we acknowledge the the people that lost their lives um on that day and um you know, we're Americans too, yeah. so we're we're not forgetting that. Um, oftentimes, we we compare our struggle, and and you know, people want us to forget about things that happened in the past, um, and uh, we compare us not forgetting to this country not wanting to forget nine eleven. But the fact of the matter is that, at least for us, we remember both. Um, it, that that's my belief. You know, any loss of of life is traumatic. Certainly, loss of life on American soil is traumatic. Um, And this country has proven that it is unacceptable Um, and, you know, the best we can do now is just remember. And so we wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that for today. So with that in mind, um, as always, I'd like to thank you for coming on and sharing the news and your thoughts about the news with me. Once again, today's guest is BIN News brand Anchor, Mimi Brown. Uh, and don't forget, these and more stories can be found at BINnews.com. And that's going to do it for us. So with that in mind, this has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. And if you have some thoughts you'd like to share, use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host Ramses jaw on all social media and join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the black information network daily podcast.
0: Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of money and wealth on the black effect podcast network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better. I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows.
2: The Black Information Network and six-time Emmy-nominated news anchor, Vanessa Tyler, welcome you to Blackland.
1: A podcast about the ground on which the Black community stands right now.
2: From stories about salvation. And loss.
1: I loved a person who had an HIV diagnosis.
2: To dreams achieved.
1: Or yet unfulfilled.
2: From people who have made it. I sat down with a therapist and I began my journey.
1: To those left behind.
2: Listen to Blackland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts.